Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number, hang on, I have to check, 155 of the Pika Serenity Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, this week, uh, to hear the Mistweavers tell it, Specs dead, move on. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it might be that bad. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, Miss Weaver, the eternal under underdog, maybe uh, maybe would have benefited from having a really good tier set, and that sounds like that's no longer the case. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, there's some other stuff. There was a big community council interview um, about Mythic Plus that has some very interesting tidbits. Uh, they did actually nerf afflicted and incorporate the afflicted and incorporeal spawn right so we'll talk about that later um yep. as well as just like patch 10.1 comes out in a week just like if your stuff happened if you're watching this live then obviously it's like a little bit more in the week but if you watch this or listen to this after it goes up on the streaming service of like the video and, and podcast services then uh it's gonna be literally a week so yeah this, so I guess we kind of jump into farm, but before we even really get into farm stuff, like talking about our raid weeks, yeah, this like duration of like farm period is really weird. Like, yeah. it's not weird like how, sep- how like Sepulcher was like we had like four weeks, right? That was too little. It was like so little that it was like, okay, we got to try and get everybody through CE. And that's the only thing that matters. We want to get people their CE achievements because those are going away. And then um, you have like a Sanctum of Domination or Nihilotha or any of these other tiers kind of farm length where it's just like on and on and on and on and on forever. Yeah. And you got this one that's like, I think we have had like two months. Uh, almost almost two months of farm yeah because we yeah almost two months um and this tier is much nicer to reclear than basically any shadowlands raid any bod or any uh, any bfa raid really um except for nilo that that one wasn't bad um but it's just like we're at that awkward point where we're like well we kind of want to do some like fun like speed stuff but there's like one week left yeah and it's a lot of effort and we're gonna have to hit like prog stuff hard after that so it's like do i want to like put in that effort to like figure out okay how are how are we gonna do you know diurna much faster razageth much faster when i need to then immediately turn around and like uh prepare for nine bosses of heroic and like two, three bosses of mythic a week and a half later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a, it's a weird length too. Uh, I'd say yeah, the, the length is weird. Cause it's, it's just enough where like, we're feeling comfortable. We're in like our one night clears. We just, we got our last CE person done this week. Nice. Um, which was a, uh, yeah, our fifth healer that, um, he just sits for everything. So it was funny getting him in there. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, I would agree. It's a weird, a weird length, but I mean, I will say, I will echo what you said. It's the, it's the, one of the easier reclears. It, it reminds me of like what I think I've always talked about, which is like 
you are like you are stronger than when you first did the fight. So like there's like yeah. a like you have acquired enough gear where like you have now cut off phases. You have you know everything's just a joke. Nothing's really you know too scary, um, yeah. and things like that. So yeah, I mean it's uh it's definitely a weird position. But yeah, we have like I think like three or four more weeks. We we made the decision we're gonna at least do one night a week up until ten dot one till the raid releases. Um, and the funny, funny enough, the main reason is because like the majority of my raid doesn't play outside of raids <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. So it's more of just like, we need people to log in at least once a week because like, if they don't, we will get rusty and we'll have a terrible like first couple raids. So it's more of yeah. just a like, we just need people to come in and, and play the game for, you know, at least like a couple hours each week. So, yeah, um, I, we have a, uh, we have a survey up in guild right now for what we're doing the week of 10.1. Um, because there are some people that, that came to us and asked, like, are we going to take that week off? Are we going to raid? What are we going to do? Some people don't want to, some people do want to. So we're like asking people what they want to do. Um, but that's the only week that we might take off. Uh, we're raiding next week, but then it's like, it's next week. And then there's the, the next, the following week is 10.1, which the yep. raid is not out then. Yep. So that. you can still do uh vault of the incarnates. If you're still working on cutting edge, you can still get it that week. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we will uh, we will see what people would like to do. But we may yeah. not raid that week. Not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, and then I literally farm wise this week was uneventful. As like like I said, we got our our last uh, C person done, but then. We back cleared everything. I think we were done by in like two and a half hours, maybe three hours. Like mm -hmm. Limited wipes. Um, it's a good, easy, easy night of of farm. Did not get an, uh, a mythic Diana trinket. That sucks. Um, haven't yet to see another council trinket, another icon. That sucks. At least icon's um, not going to be like icon's just a stat stick. You will get a better yeah. stat stick next tier. There may not be a better uh, Broodkeeper's Promise or better Grief Torch. That's not yeah. guaranteed. Oh, yeah. We, didn't, we haven't seen a Grief Torch either, actually. So either of those we trinkets were trinketless. Um, we saw one, I think, on like our second kill. That's the only Grief Torch I think we've ever seen drop. I think mythic. all of our Mythic Grief Torches have come from the Vault. Yeah. So stupid. Um, um, but we did see we have gotten two bows to drop, two Mythic Bows. Uh, oh nice nice yeah like this week uh speaking of bows uh all of our hunters posted out <laughs> uh including nice. our raid lead nice, uh, nice. so i did the raid leading on friday for the most part and that was an adventure um but we got through everything it took us close to three hours uh but we got through everything it wasn't too painful uh yeah calling stuff on razageth from tank pov is not ideal uh but oh, no. yeah uh at least like in phase her. one where like it's the most important to be on top of calls like there's just like back to back to back mechanics i'm playing blood dk and nice. you just like don't do the mechanics so <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny uh makes it, makes it a little bit easier a little bit easier yeah. yeah there is at least one purgatory that didn't need to happen though enough um, fair enough um 
But cool, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like then did you what do you ended up one night clearing, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. We one night cleared. Yeah. Um everything went pretty smoothly. Uh just gotta figure out what we're doing, I guess not this coming week, but the following week. But yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, let me know. I guess we'll talk about it next week or the week yep. after. <laughs> yep. Same place. Um Cool. I mean, we get some of the, a little bit of the news this week that, that occurred. There's there's been a lot. Uh, oh, your lights on the fritz again. Lights, stop it! I replaced it, by the way. I think the circuit's bad. Anyway, well, hopefully it'll hold, and if not, we'll go back in a dark room, a nom mode. Um, so a couple things happened this week. Uh, a lot of news. Maybe we'll start with something outside the game, and then we'll start uh, go into mythic plus stuff like we mentioned. So. Uh, there was a tweet from old makes um, asking quick and the blizzard team about uh, BlizzCon. And so basically quick, uh, who is the president, Mike Ibarra um, of blizzard reiterated that BlizzCon is still, uh, they're still committed to bringing back BlizzCon in 2023, uh, which basically means um, we should be seeing some announcements soon about it. Um, I mean, you know, traditionally BlizzCon has been held in the fall timeframe to like the early November-ish um, was always sort of the weekend that, that it was. And um, and yeah, so they're trying to basically bring it back, hopefully in person, we'll see. Um, hopefully in 2023, which would mean this fall. So um, might be fun to, to go to BlizzCon. I don't know, we'll... We'll see, but uh, but yeah, they are uh, they are committed to bringing it back. So, cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, have you have you ever been to a BlizzCon? I guess I, I have not. The one I was going to go to, I was like, so a bunch of friends went to the one in 2019, mm-hmm. and I didn't go because I was working on my dissertation, and uh, yeah. like kind of like had priorities, had to respect them. Um, and I was like, it's okay though. I'll be done with it next year. I can go to BlizzCon next year. And of course next year is 2020 <laughs> and that doesn't happen. Uh, exactly. so I've not been to BlizzCon. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I also have, have never been, um, because funnily enough, most of my friends would have rather go to Dota two to go to two tournaments than BlizzCon. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my friends that lived in LA would go, but like, the group of us wouldn't really travel out. So I spent a lot of my friend travel time going to majors or going to the international uh, in Seattle when it was held there. So, um, nice, nice. So cool. But yeah, BlizzCon's back. Maybe, maybe I'll make an appearance this year. Maybe we'll make a, I'll make a trip. We can do a live episode of the peak podcast out there yeah. with some friends. Oh, um, in person one, maybe, um, Cool. So then the I guess the the next big thing that happened this week, um, outside of a lot of the 10.1 like stuff that came out, was there was a large uh community council on Mythic Plus interview with a bunch of different designers. So you had uh associate game producer Morgan Day, you had lead encounter designer Matt Villers, and then you had, I think, like co-lead or like second in command encounter designer Andrew DeSosa um on the panel. Um, and so the community council, basically, they got together with community council, sort of a round table of questions, um, mostly centered on Mythic Plus and a lot of the, uh, the design around it, like questions around how to, how they think about it, things like that. And so um, there's, a, there's a couple good sort of snippets. Um, they did um, talk a little bit about, you know, the idea of why they did seasonal affixes to start with. 
Um, which I think most people are aware of. Like most of that was just because the um, the map pool didn't change or the the dungeon pool didn't change. The seasonal affixes were really meant to have you like reroute or relearn how to progress through a dungeon, um, and uh, and, and sort of that was the change. And so what they they saw with sort of season one with the dungeons changing into season two, there's really no need for another seasonal affix because you have to learn all new dungeon routes, right? So they thought on top of doing that plus um having a seasonal fix i think was um sort of not something they wanted to to also incorporate so um they did do the whole never say never thing about seasonal fixes not coming back so right um we might see them back but i think that was sort of morgan's you know general overview of the topic which was like hey they uh they um they don't want you to have to learn the new dungeons plus also learn this new affix yeah they they also talked a bit about like the overall complexity of the dungeons um like and how affixes were interplaying with that and some of them like thundering is actually really complicated to try to deal with there's not like it's not hard to understand like you get a buff and you have to find somebody to clear your buff on before it expires or you die basically um Uh but in the heat of combat when you have three other affixes go or two other affixes going off plus all of the trash stuff happening um the amount of decisions and thought you have to put into dealing with it is pretty high and so all these different like the affixes were compounding with just the complexity of the baseline dragonflight dungeons i think is the other thing um where you look at something like court of stars that's mechanically much simpler it's got it's like you know frontal hell but it's it's not very mechanically complicated like you know like you look at a mob what does it do it has a frontal that's it yeah um and like pretty much that's like 90 percent of the trash in that dungeon um so there's not a lot that you have to worry about when handling these other affixes aside from making sure you don't go and like stand on the tank uh versus something like the trash in ruby life pools which has a much more going on yeah, exactly. And they, they do talk, um, they talk, they sort of continue this when talking about affixes and the idea of like kiss curse affixes, like, or other sort of like removing old things from older dungeons because of the affixes, right? I think what they're trying to push for now is that the dungeons become the focal point of the difficulty and the aff- affixes add like a layer or like they use the term texture, uh, I guess in their answer. But the idea is like the, the affix is sort of disrupt how you would handle certain mechanics in the dungeon but the focus is still on the mechanics that are inside that dungeon yeah um, and i think i think i like i hope that that's how it pans out yeah i would rather with this seasonal model of rotating the dungeon pool every season i would rather have the dungeons be the centerpiece and the affixes be much more minor um right and even actually, like, I don't mind Fortified and Tyrannical as much in the um, rotating dungeon pool model because there's just not as much time to, you know, do the dungeons. So it's not like, you know, yeah. first season of Shadowlands, you know, okay, you do Tyrannical the other side the first time, and you're like, ooh, I was kind of rough. And you figure out how to do it over the course of the season, um, and you get better at it, and you, you kind of like figure it out 
and then it's just literally the same for the entire rest of the expansion. It doesn't change yeah. at all. Exactly. Yeah. Or and it, and it just becomes like a I'll just skip it this week, right? Like it's one of yeah. those things where it's like it just becomes if there's a, enough of an annoyance with the with the hot fix, you just end up skipping it. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Yeah. That's um. That's like I, I hope that that's how it works out. Um, I think they still need to do more de-escalation on some of the uh, some of the affixes, uh, in their words, like de-escalating the complexity of those. Uh, but like the stuff that they've already done is a pretty good, pretty good start. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So I mean, that was uh, I think that was a large majority of it. Um, I think the other thing too is they talking about these kiss curse things is they don't. One thing Morgan, I think, mentioned as a part of his answer to this question, because it was a, sort of a roundtable, so a bunch of the designers gave answers, was he sort of talked a little bit about the fact that, like, in Dungeon with Kiss Curse, like, your character could seem extremely powerful in certain situations. And, like, that power doesn't always translate to outside of a dungeon. Um, and so the idea is, like, they don't want Kiss Curse affixes to make your character too powerful so that when you do something else outside of a dungeon, you seem weaker for whatever reason. Um so it's sort of um like they they they're definitely thinking about it more holistically versus just in the the blinders of saying okay within a mythic plus dungeon this is what we want it's sort of more of taking more of the game into into account um, and then also talked about the fact that like by not having as many kiss curse affixes they can do more things with dungeon specific mechanics like they referenced like the barrels in plaguefall or the necrotic wake weapons right leaving those in. Um, allows those to be a bigger part of how you route the dungeon or do the dungeon. So again, we all more in service of focusing on the dungeon itself being the focal point. So yeah, um, they also they they talked about checkpoints, and I want to briefly touch on this because uh, well, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna like read the quote uh, at a very high level. We want our dungeons to feel like places. And part of that feeling like a real place is you traverse through it. It's not like I magically teleport through the dungeon. Our baseline is that we actually would not prefer or would prefer to not have updated release points and have more natural ways to get through the dungeon. Um, which is very, I mean, on the one hand, like you think of something like Court of Stars. It has an updated release point. There's actually two of them, um, depending on when you die. Uh, you either respawn at the dock or you respawn just after the, um, like, on the other side of the bridge, you know, the, the bad yeah. one. Somebody dies at the bad time, and then they're, like, isolated over there. But there's actually also uh, a more natural way to get through that dungeon. That second spot that you release is just, like, up the stairs from the first spot that you release. Right, yeah. It's up the stairs and through the door, but nobody pulls those. Uh, oh, wait, those go away? Do those go away? The centurions there. I don't think so. I don't think they do. But, like, no, if no, you no. kill those centurions, you can actually go through there. Yeah. Um. So, like, there's they've got some stuff like that, but it's, like, the respawn points, like, I, I feel like this is something where you just have to give ground to the gameplay experience of like you look at uh, some of these dungeons and you like die and yeah you can't release because the run back is so long 
Yeah, and they they talked about a little. They talked this a little bit, and actually referenced to King's Rest, which I thought was an interesting one, where you have yeah. like the spirit guy that puts you on a pterodactyl. But I think in general, like mm, this idea of checkpoints really comes more down comes down to more the design of the actual dungeon layout versus anything else. Meaning, like yeah. Port of Stars is an easy one because they have that back door that opens yeah, once you, you do, clear the you first boss. Loop. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Make it a loop, or like make the like don't make it a straight line type dungeon. Allow the encounter spaces to like loop back because you can also do it in verticality. Like in the raid, yeah. you have like wind things that can shift you up and down. Yeah, um, levels right, which might again affect the layout. But I think a lot of the checkpoint stuff, the ones that are bad, like the dungeons that are bad, where like you respawn all the way at the beginning and it's like a you know thirty, not even thirty, but if it's like a minute run back, that's it's literally absolutely ridiculous. So um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, like- I. I don't think I want every dungeon to be a loop, right? I don't want yeah. every dungeon to be doing this, like this, this uh, kind of just loop around and around and you're at the top and there's a boss or like the other way around, you loop around and around and you're bottom yeah. and there's, and there's the boss. Um, I, but there are dungeons that are not designed like that, where there is no other way to more quickly reach where you're going and you respawn and it's just, like have fun like halls of valor is is one of the things that's very punishing in that is if you die you go back to the spawn and like yes you can mount for like a third of your or half of your run back but uh it's actually still just a very long run back if you like wipe on hersia right and you don't any of the either of the wing bosses right Right. it's like yeah yeah it's it's a it's a hike to get back there yeah which i mean i'm wondering if like they this may be something from like a design point of view of like putting in like a, I'll use the term like fast travel, but like right. still allow the ability to say like, hey, we're not just going to let you spawn right in front of the boss every time you die or like your yeah. checkpoints aren't every like six feet. But like there is yeah. a speed up mechanic where you're not just like running through the dungeon for like 45 yeah. seconds to a minute. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like I, it's funny because like Halls of Valor is not one that you really hear people complain about respawn points in, like the checkpoints in. Um, and I feel like that's largely because it, if you wipe, you're not timing the key anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like, where are you going to wipe on that in that dungeon? You're going to wipe on Hersia or you're going to wipe on Fenrir, at least doing like weekly key yeah. kind of stuff. Like, you're going to wipe on one of those two things. If you wipe on one of those things, you probably committed bloodlust to it, you committed a bunch of cooldowns to it. Um, like, Odds are high that if you did that, like you're not timing the key. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and I and I think that's the. I mean, they talked a little bit about that. That same. This is sort of all kind of interconnected, but they talked about that too in terms of like the the timer updates they've made in the past. And like, if they enjoy doing that, and I think they, you know, the comment there was like, we don't want one wipe to mean you don't time the dungeon, which yeah. is fair. But then you also have this. Con- contrasting view of checkpoints which is like well the white might not cause you to miss the dungeon timer the run back does right yeah. like the, the loss of time for where you are at sort of potentially can cause that so yeah i mean well i guess we'll see like in the future like i i, I can't think of any runbacks currently that are like i hate them i mean quarter stars is more annoying than anything where you like kind of split from your group if you wipe at a certain time yeah but nothing like um 
I mean, King's Rest was, I feel like, even with the skips, was still terrible to wipe in. Um, King's Rest was so. uh, partially because you were doing, like, if you were actually doing that key at a decent level, you were doing, like, rogue skips. And yeah. that that uh, pterodactyl, like, for one thing, it was positioned terribly for the trash that people actually did. So, like, yeah. people all the time would, like, pull the trash when they were trying to use the pterodactyl die again and then have to try a second time um, but then also it would take you over to the bridge and um then you would have to get rogue skipped again and like your yeah. your um shroud may not be back up yeah exactly exactly so um but yeah i mean I, I guess we'll we'll see what they say it's it's interesting to see their point on uh on uh on checkpoints and then like not I guess not coming out to say they don't like them, but having like a very specific idea of how they want to use them. Yeah. Which I think is not what the community would agree with. Um, and I mean, so one thing that they do run into as well, and this comes up in raid is that with nonlinear stuff, putting checkpoints in can actually be worse. Like the, if you're doing things out of order, uh, yeah. out of the expected order, you can end up with a check checkpoint. That's actually worse. This happens, uh, in raid right now. If you use the skip, you go and you kill Razageth. Um, if you ever release again, you're back in the room after Razageth and you have to go through like two teleporters in the flight path just to get back yeah. to Aranog's room to start walking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes they can be razor a little bit. Yeah. I think a little bit different though. Um, I'm trying to think there wasn't anything really else, nothing else big. Um, at least in terms of topics. I think the only other thing is they, um, they did talk a little bit about like mechanical visibility in dungeons. Um, and so they are looking at that. They are, you know, taking a pass it. I think they specifically called out vortex pinnacle, which is a lot of white on white mechanics, yeah. like a wind boss, like a wind themed instance. That's very bright and white. Yeah. Um, and it's one so, of those things that didn't matter doing heroics even back in the day. Yeah. Like that wasn't what killed you in vortex pinnacle. It was the stupid lightning pyramid trash packs yeah. that people couldn't do. Um, but now exactly. with infinitely scaling, you know, content, uh, those things will absolutely kill you and being killed by things you can't see is the opposite of fun. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that is a couple of updates from that. I mean, it's a really good interview. I recommend taking a listen. Um, a lot of good questions. So, and I, to be fair, I'll always say this. I love listening to Morgan talk about this game for whatever reason. So. <laughs> um, I think it was, I think it does a really good job of explaining stuff. So, um, so cool. Uh, so moving on, I think a little bit moving forward a little bit. Um, yeah. we did get a couple of updates st sticking with the mythic plus theme, um, to afflicted and incorporeal. Um, so we talked about this, I think last week, continue to talk about these affects, I feel like, but, um, they both, or they both received ICDs and afflicted specifically received a target cap or like a mob spawning cap. So, um, for Afflicted, what they ended up doing was they capped the number of spawns at two, and then they put in what uh, appears to be a 15-second ICD on their spawn rate. Um, so um, basically, with the affix, you will only ever see a maximum of two uh, up at any one time, and then uh, there'll be about 15 seconds between their spawns, um, which I think is a, is a good change. So, Yeah, both of these basically are cap at two, reasonably high ICG. Um, you can have two spawn at once, 
um, but it's not guaranteed even in a large poll. And that all like, that's good. I'm happy with that. That's like, this solves the, like capping in it to prevents the nameplate problem. Um, It, it goes a long way. And that means that you can't end up in a situation with like afflicted where normally you would be fine, but you just got an unlucky spawn where you had like five of them spawn and you only have a single dispel and you just like die. I mean, not literally die because it's just a hasty buff. Right. But I mean, maybe you literally die because you might be doing something where you'd need that, that not being debuffed by 100% haste. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, th- this definitely helps in that regard in terms of like not getting behind on the spells and, and being able to stay on top of it. And then, yeah, the incorporeal one too, just makes it so like your, your CCs aren't like, it's okay if you overlap a hard CC, right. Um, in incorporeal now, cause there's, there's such a spawn rate. Yeah. Um, gap between the two. So, yeah. Um, one more thing that I think is pretty important to talk about. Um, I don't think it'll take much time to go over, but there is a change coming in 10.1 to how uh, loot, like buy pick pickup loot trading works. So currently, uh, when you loot a piece that uh, is buy pick pickup, you, as long as you don't equip it or enchant it or anything like that, uh, you can trade it to anybody else that was eligible for loot from that like boss or dungeon for up to two hours. And that timer doesn't continue ticking while you are offline. So you can go offline and three weeks later, hop back on and still have an hour and 15 minutes left on your trade timer. Um, yeah. They are changing that in 10.1. It is now going to be four hours, but it will... oh. Goodbye, Anomaly. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's now going to be four hours, but it will uh, continue ticking while you're offline. Uh, this is primarily targeted at the world first race kind of people that were doing buckets where they would do a clear of the raid give all of the loot to a single character and have it log off and they would do splits for days and then, you know, take a full account, like full stock of what loot they had and who it could be traded to and just like hyper optimize who it was given out to and give all the loot out um, after days of splits. Uh, now you're, yeah. they're only going to be able to do it, you know, within four hours, it limits that ability a lot. Um, but actually, like, if you're not abusing it, this actually is in many cases kind of nicer for kind of like regular guilds as well. Because four hours is just like what one of the things that we have happened have had happen is that we'll get loot off of like, you know, Aranog or Primal Council or something. And it'll be on my character because that's how we do uh, how we do master loot stuff with group loot. Is it'll be on my character, and um, just we don't trade it to somebody because they're just out on the other bosses. And then we get to the end and like go to give it to them. And, and like a lot of the times, it's fine. It's got like five ten minutes left. Um, but there have been a couple cases that is just like hasn't has expired. Um, just rots on you. Yeah, and it's like. I'm not going to be logging off during that. And four hours is enough that it's like, that's the whole raid. That's the whole yeah. raid. 
Um, and that for most people, like very, very few people raid for more than four hours at a time. So yeah, that's going to be kind of nice. There is a, there is a downside though. There are times when it's like, we've had loot to give out. Somebody gets disconnected and we want to give it to them and they can't get back on until the next day. And the current model, we can just keep it and log off. Uh, the new model, you will not be able to do that. They just won't be able to get the loot. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is a great change for, um, for like regular guilds. It's a huge sort of like, uh, issue for your top end guilds that were basically what we saw echo unlimited do this year, this, this tier, which was like, yeah, like you said, trade everything to one character, log them off. And then like later on in the week, hand out the loot, uh, as needed. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a minor change. It's a good one. It's another change that, you know, reiterates that blizzard really doesn't like top end guilds <laughs> I, I, like, I, I feel like in a lot of cases um i am opposed to them doing things to like loot that target top things top end guilds are doing and make things like make it so top end guilds can't do as heavy an optimization of the the loot that they get in this case i am actually okay with it because it does come with upsides for the rest of us um, yeah. And I think I think that on balance it will be better. Um, obviously, it would be better for for like my tier of guild if it were just like four hours of online time and also didn't take while you're offline. But if I had to choose between those two elements, I think four hours is the one that I would pick because uh, that's oh, the yeah. one that we run into more frequently. Is like we're getting to the end of the raid and you're like, oh, okay, we actually need to like stop what we're doing. Somebody has to hearth out. We summon the guy in that's supposed to get loot, and we trade the loot left before the, the loot before it it like finishes timing out, um, and like not having to deal with that is going to be nice. Yeah, and so I mean something we did this 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 tier two, and I don't know if you did this, which this will help with is like we would just clear bosses, like just to like get through them on heroic and like yeah. not hand out loot until we yeah, took we a did break because it yeah because it just took too long in between bosses, so it was more of like let's get as much as we can dead and then hand out loot. So this just yeah. helps. Yeah, and um, that. You when you uh, that's actually the bigger the biggest place we ran into this was on heroic doing exactly that. Um, we there's enough like trash takes enough time on mythic that um, often we just do loot during trash. Um, yeah. But on heroic early in the tier while we were figuring out loot and everybody like needed everything, um, and you only had two hours. Well, if we kill Aranog in two minutes, then like from 802 to 10.02 is when we can give out that loot. And yeah. uh, 10 o'clock is our normal, like, here's where we're taking our, our like, mid-rate break. And so that would be when we do loot. We got, like, two minutes left to give out that loot then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those changes that I think there's only upsides to it. Like, not a – it curtails what Blizzard wanted, which is, like, that whole idea of, like, stockpiling loot on a single character and then trading it later. Um, and then also – doesn't impact every other guild like with the change that they made so um only good things um cool i a couple other like quick hitters here is um the the build this week for 10.1 was a release candidate build um I mean, we already knew the release date but it's just good to see that they have essentially locked down um the major features uh, for this so this is sort of we're now into like just final tuning phase of uh ptr stuff so Good on Blizzard. They've gone gold with this patch, if you want to use a very archaic term. Uh, 
with game development. Um, God, did you? So, just a quick aside: did you did you see that tweet from Diablo Four, the Diablo Four Twitter about how they gone gold? Yeah, they went gold. I'm like, what does that even mean anymore in today's day and age? Because there's right. going to be a day one patch, and everything's on a server somewhere that you download. That you're not pressing discs. Come on, boys. Yeah, I mean, they might um, be pressing discs. Do do the Diablo Four box copies have discs in them? That's a good question. I don't know. I would assume like, there was a period. I feel like there was this this period in like the early like early 2010s where people were like selling game and you went to the store and you bought a copy and there literally was not a disc inside it yes, was just a yes. box with a code and i feel like the response to that was just negative so yeah. everything like i haven't actually bought a physical co- maybe i'll go and i'll like buy a cheap game or something in the store <laughs> and just see it's, if it's the guy the disc in it that's um, so funny i but i feel like it, it i feel like they probably have discs and that's um Having played in the past with a very bad internet connection, having a disc and not having to download stuff over like shitty rural internet is nice. That's fair. That's fair. It's just, you just have to contend with like the day one patch anyway, as soon as you install it. Right. <laughs> but the day one patch for like the day one patch for Diablo 4 is probably going to be huge, but it's not going to be as big as like the whole game plus the day one patch. No, that is true. That is true. Um, the other thing that got released, so with this release candidate too, was they did do the, um, opening cinematic. So the cinematic opening, it's actually called opening the way, which is how they open up the new caverns, how you get to your, your shows, how the Zaralek caverns get formed or get open to us. Um, basically it's like for spoilers, I guess, like the three aspects that we're trying to kill, just punch a big hole in the ground and then they fly. Like, I feel like we saw honestly, this. Did we see, I think we, we saw. We see rem- like I think we saw movies. pieces of this. Yeah, pieces of it. Okay. Yeah, maybe but that's why I'm full confused. Cin- yeah, full cinematics out now. We know it. It's officially in the game files. So go watch it if you care about seeing that type of stuff. Um, it's cool. I mean, the, these these villains seem pretty good. We'll say um, definitely better than the jailer. Yeah, um, I mean that's not saying <laughs> much, but you know, um, that's true. There's also uh, speaking of villains. Um, a a new support enchant uh, showed up on on PTR this week. Um, Why? So Why? I'm going to read what this says. Permanently enchants a weapon to cultivate living spores, causing your healing spells and abilities to occasionally send an invigorating spore cloud to your target. It will grant them two thousand four hundred forty two of their highest secondary stat for 20 seconds. Current proc rate is uh, two procs per minute pasted. Um, And you just know somebody's going to get lucky and they're going to have like 80% uptime on this and people are going to be mad. Yeah. Or like I, yeah, I don't, uh, like this has never been a thing in WoW of like the support class, right? Like I, I don't know if this model even works in World of Warcraft, honestly. Um, but like this is what this plays into that sort of fantasy of like you buff your allies and they're stronger because of you. It's like yeah. the, the bard class of, of you know. I mean, that was like or, 
that was how people played Paladin in original Classic. That's not how people played Paladin, to my knowledge, in um, in like the the Classic re-release um, because yeah. it was bad and not worth like having somebody sit there and just put blessings upon people every five minutes yeah yeah um but i also didn't play classic beyond like leveling so i don't know for sure that that's the case but like i don't yeah, think I mean, that's actually how people played it <laughs> i think they just no, bought mean, actual dps yeah it was either dps or like you healed right like it was a power yeah. with a limited mana back then so it's like yeah i don't know i it's a weird enchant i mean i don't foresee it being two procs per minute hasted like it's still i don't think the enough uptime on this and because it's well, random then you have to think about there are five healers potentially in your raid group yeah i mean maybe if you coordinate it it becomes good but again, i mean it's, it's the, just like somebody's gonna get lucky i'm gonna have to deal with it and i'm not happy yeah about that. yeah that's yeah, fair that's that's, that's fair. it that's it uh, it's, it's not on the meters though, so healers don't use it because all that matters are healing meters. Um, no, I'm joking. I I mean, maybe it ends up being played at the highest level, and if you can get all five or five of your healers to use it, maybe the secondary stats are enough to make it good. But I can't wait to yeah. find out that it like pro- this just came on PTR, right? So there's still a lot of stuff to figure out. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to f- to find out the like gift of the ox or celestial fortune triggers it, and then just like yeah being asked like i'm already i'm already on my dk okay i i'm playing an off meta uh uh what are they called crafted item i'm using the allied chess player generosity that just like gives five people near you versatility that's funny and i did that because i originally needed to take off my uh frostfire belt because of the slow uh oh for ras well uh that kind of but also uh karag specifically was like the the one where like you could okay. slow karag and make make it screw up the intermission it was like that was no point so i made a i made the the chest plate to replace it so i was like lariat plus chest plate and now i don't have any chest plate loot so i am still using it That's but so funny. um like so there's like those those things that exist now but um yeah it's that's much that chess play is much smaller spread over many more people so yeah anyway um nice. do you want to talk about uh do you want to talk about the mystery change um yeah we can jump into it um so yeah so the i think one of the big topics we had today was um there was a change this week on ptr to mistweaver uh, basically two changes which were one was weird um, I think they just missed a couple spells with it, and then and the other one was uh, was the two piece. So um, we'll go over the two piece. I think change first. It's a bit more impactful. So our two piece tier uh, set bonus. If you weren't familiar with it, uh, was a four percent chance on any renewing mist uh, tick to proc. Uh, essentially, I think it's a three second buff. Now they've changed the duration. But it's a three second mana return buff um, where you got three percent of your mana for three seconds. Um, but uh, so that was sort of the the original um, buff. And what they ended up doing was adding an ICD to it. So the two-piece now is an internal cooldown of, of six seconds, which means um, it can't proc any more frequently than every six seconds. Um, and so this has uh, sort of a, a ton of different um, implications. Um, 
And so there's a couple, I guess, before I go into those, there's a couple interactions just so folks are aware is that the two-piece buff did also proc your four-piece. And your four-piece was a six-second buff of 40% increased Vivify healing. Um, and so there was like an interaction of using two-piece procs not only get mana back, but then to also proc additional healing to Vivify. Um, and so what a bunch of people were playing around with on PTR and in the raid testing was sort of a, a, a new play style built around this four-piece or having this four-piece. Uh, the play style, essentially, it's a little bit more nuanced than what I'll describe here, but I'll describe it at a high level so people get an idea of, like, it. at least it was a change in the way we bursted our healing. The inter, In between these bursts, you'd play very similar of, you know, Rising Mist and and um, and sort of, like, um, continue to extend hots and, and stuff like that. But the actual burst windows now with this four-piece would be to essentially trigger Yulon. So you'd use Invoke Yulon, which is wildly different. Um, spam out a bunch of enveloping mist with Yulon active for both the enveloping breath healing, but then also the mana cost reduction on enveloping mist. Um, you'd be playing out at focus with this too. So you'd get additional mana reduction on enveloping mist on top of that, which was great, um, along with additional healing, of course. Um, and by also telling you to rapid diffusion, every one of those enveloping mists would proc a renewing mist. So you could spread, I think it was like six or so. Uh, renewing mist just off a single soothing mist channel plus developing mist spam. Um, could okay. rising sun kick right after that to extend all that and proc another renewing mist. Um, and then you're set up with you know easily without anything coming into it. You know you know there'll be six to ten renewing mists out on the raid um, with a proc of your four piece. And then you just again leveraging clouded focus soothing mist channel on somebody and spam out vivify. <laughs> And now you're doing 40% increased healing plus the clouded focus increased healing plus now the fact that you have half the raid blanket and renewing miss on a one minute cooldown. And it's extremely mana efficient too um, because clouded focus also reduces mana costs of this stuff. Um, and with Yulon reducing mana costs and developing breath, your setup is also mana efficient too. Um, and so all of this comes together with, the, with that to be like, oh man, this is a new play style. It's now burstier on a minute cooldown. Um, it's a ton of throughput. It's needed. Um, seems to be lining up with the way fights are laying out right now with their damage patterns, which is great. So that was sort of the other the other side of this is this is great in a theory crafting or a hypothetical world, but it also is aligning in the real world. Um, and it's a fairly easy thing to play. I mean, it's it's definitely different. Um, not wildly different, but but somewhat different to the way we've played up until this point in um, in Dragonflight. But it was a new play style. It was fun. It was great. So now you're thinking, you know, Anam. Um, it's a six-second ICD. That's it's a long time, but does it completely break this interaction? Um, and while it doesn't completely break it, it makes it a little bit less, uh, a little bit harder to ensure you have the buff up during these windows. Uh, and the main reason is is that with the ICD and the fact that the four-piece bonus only lasts six seconds, there will be gaps in where you will not have the forty percent increase in Vivify healing. And those gaps, I mean, right now we can't really. Based on, I think, our limited, we haven't been able to do raid testing or was there raid testing this week? There or was. was. So there's a couple, there's a little bit of raid testing. So we'll, we have a little bit of data from it, but um, the gaps seem large enough in terms of the actual way this will play um, that, like, this isn't particularly viable or doesn't have the same sort of oomph or HPS sort of ceiling uh, like we saw pre nerf. Um, which basically means while it's still probably theoretically the highest HPS build we can run going into, um, 10.1 um 
the more practical matter of the play style is it's not that much better than what we currently play today. What we currently play today is a lot easier to set up. It's a lot easier to play. So there's this balance of like, hey, we can do you know 100k. And these are made up numbers, but like 100k HPS with this crazy Yulon, you know, GG or sorry Yulon like added focus build, or we can do 90k HPS with the old build. And it's like, well, it's not that big of a difference. Um, does the 10k really matter for life and death? And it may end up. We don't know. But yeah, um, but yeah. The ICD also, I think is a is a huge is killer. For this so build, we were so. we were talking about this a little bit before I turned on the stream of the um, kind of implications of this. So it basically took your four set from being something you could pretty well rely on being up when you were doing this ramp um, yep. to being something where now. It's going to have gaps, and that means that sometimes you will you will high roll having that buff up for the whole time, and sometimes you will low roll, and you know you'll get your one proc. Maybe, maybe you won't get any actually, but you know it's made the ver the introduction of the ICD has kind of paradoxically made it higher variance. Um, it's not so. There's a lot of old ICD trinkets from like the Warlords of Draenor and Mop era where they i think uh I, I like the way that you put it earlier and um they have an icd and an insanely high proc chance and it's basically just an unused trinket that you don't have to push yeah like it's got a a, a 90 second icd it's got like a uh you know 30 percent chance to proc by the time your icd is up you cast five spells you're 90 something percent guaranteed to have triggered it and so it's basically just basically just an, uh, an unused trinket that you don't get to push when you want to um so there's that where like those old icd ones were very 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 consistent um yep. and then this is very different from that where it's gotten icd but now it's because of how much you care about having it in that short window while you got Yulon out and you're trying to do this ramp, it's made a very hard variance because you can't control, you know, that going off. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the, I mean, a lot of people point to the fact that like, okay, the ICD on the two pieces, every six seconds, the buff from the four pieces, six seconds. So it should line up and, the problem there is that the, the proc chance on the two-piece is low enough that you can't always do that same guarantee we would see in the past with ICDs, without right. like the the high uh, the ICD trinkets with a high proc rate. So there will be gaps, and like that gap is enough to pull this sort of build back closer to GG, which is what I think they wanted. But to me, it just seems heavy-handed in, and this is more of a personal thing for me. I generally dislike ICDs primarily because all of my experience with them has been with these high practice trinkets where it's like, just don't give me a proc per minute rate. Like just say like every 90 seconds, this thing will do, this thing will happen, whatever it ends up yeah. being. That, to me, that's what ICDs are. And so I think if, if I were Blizzard taking a look at this, right. And I don't think the mana return is as much of an issue now. I think they've got the mana return part, portion of the two piece where they want it. I think now it's the fact that the two piece and four piece interaction, they're trying to rein that in. And in my mind okay. is in my mind, it would have been better to just lower the proc chance of the two piece to a point where they felt happy with it rather than put this ICD on it. And the reason I say it that way is that 
I would have rather played the game where there was a chance for like an insane high roll versus now I will now I basically know with the six second ICD every probably eight to ten seconds I'll get a proc regardless right it won't be consistent I won't get sort of strings of them but every eight to ten seconds get a proc great um, I'd rather see like I don't know some sort of like ability to string like five six seven eight procs are in a row and you have like you know 30 40 seconds of your six piece where you're just blasting i mean you technically can because of the the six second duration and six second ict right like you can have it out and get lucky and just have it proc exactly more or less on the ict and like maybe you have a few millisecond gap but it's vivify right you're probably not fitting a vivify into that you know yeah 200 300 millisecond gap between one expiring and the next getting applied um but i think the the bigger issue in my mind is that when you're trying to like the average uptime doesn't like matter that much when you're trying to do a ramp kind of thing yeah unless it does end up in practice being something where you can just rely on having it for the ramp um like having your your vivify ramp that you're doing be arbitrarily 40% worse. Uh, that sucks. Like that's that's actually kind of make or break. Um, and I mean, I guess it's not technically 40% worse because like how much of that that Yulon ramp window is Vivify healing and how much is the other healing? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in, um, yeah. I mean, it's most of it's going to be on the, the second half of that, right? The Yulon right. piece is just for the reduction. So... Yeah, and I think the, I mean, the other thing is like people have said, like you can, you know, pretty much cover a lot of this with like Thunder Focus because it, the four piece will also proc off drinking a tea. So you could drink Thunder Focus tea or Mana tea, right? And and that should proc it. But um, do those respect the ICD? Or is the ICD just for the two piece? The ICD is just on the two piece, not on the four okay. piece. Okay. So, so there is the ability to like do it that way but that's just another complexity of like making sure your ramps also include those one buttons. or both of those yeah um, yeah it's i don't know it's i mean maybe i'm complaining it's it, at the end of the day it won't be a huge deal it just it seems like a heavy-handed nerf super late and almost like to me there are more elegant ways to limit the power than just slapping an icd on it i think that's my biggest issue with this is like it's it's the way they went about it versus the actual fact that, hey, yeah, maybe they were right that this power needs to be reined in a bit, but yeah, slapping an ICD on it seems, I'm not going to say, well, I think in the pre-show, like when we were talking, I think I called this lazy design, which is probably selling Blizzard a little short. Um, but it's it just like, I would have rather to a different approach to eliminating the yeah. power of the four piece. So They are like kind of similar. We talked about last week. They removed, they just removed explosive um i think we are running into the just lack of time for these patch releases um and like i don't necessarily want them like i wouldn't mind if 10.1 were like two weeks later uh yeah personally uh but it um if they're sticking to this timetable they do eventually just have to say like okay we just have to do something put an ICD on it and call it a day and it's not going to be the best thing in the world or the cleanest design, but it, it will work and it won't break the game. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's like, 
I, I could definitely empathize with the um, like not wanting to have kind of a, a bit of a miss of a tier piece. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, speaking of actually, this is totally off topic. Why does Mistweaver <laughs> get all the tea? I don't know, actually. That's an interesting like, one. You brew tea. Why doesn't Brewmaster get any tea? Why is Brewmaster like all beer? I think it's uh, so. I think it's a it's a it's a thematic playstyle thing where Brewmaster is focused more on like the drunken brawler style, right? But when um, we have we have purifying brew that removes the like, your stagger drunkenness. Damage. Yeah, it's it, staggering because like, yeah, you're drunk. You get, you get you use it to like get some of that drunkenness off. Why is that not the tea? I mean, obviously, I kind of know why. It's so that they have, sure, as much as they can, a reasonably clear tooltip. Um, <laughs> the things that say reduce brews would all be like worse if they said reduces brews and teas or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, that's interesting. I don't. Yeah, I think yeah, Miss Weaver is just like the. We're the ones like bringing people back to health, and so like traditionally, tea has brought people medicine back to health. So yeah. like we are like yeah, the medicine men of of the monks, you could say. So, uh, um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, another yeah. pretty big, 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 big late change that I forgot about uh, before the show. Uh, they are doing the thing. You, you remember the thing they did before dragonflight they came out they were like okay listen basically we want to nerf healers by 20 percent, but we don't want to just like put a patch note that says all healers are nerfed by 20 percent. so we're increasing the hp of all players increasing their personal healing by that amount too and increasing the damage taken by that amount as well and so it's just like you know the healers do less relative to people's HP, but the number stays the same. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're doing that again. Uh, which is really... Um, okay, there's actually one thing that's different this time that is worth mentioning, and that is that we don't know that the actual damage increases are going to be in line with what they were when they did this initially because one of the things they talk about is burst healing like the they are trying to avoid ending up in a situation where you're either full or you're dead um, right. and this is something that happened on Razageth. um there's a number of overlaps where like um like in phase one uh, on mythic Razageth, there's the bombs and uh, immediately into volatile sparks and if you have electric lash during that they just chips away like 50k health you're just dead like yeah over like a, a five second period which is not like one shot necessarily but the the bombs into sparks is very rapid and you have to move for both of them yeah which is crazy um so there there like burst damage in raid is very real right now that is a very real threat to player survival um I like the the wowhead post is like and enemy damage, but they didn't actually say that 
the enemy damage is also going up because like if they're trying to deal with enemy damage being high and spiky it wouldn't make sense for them to also buff it by the same amount if it's already high and spiky if it's not already high and spiky and they're like healers can deal with it too easily we need to nerf healers then we'll see the enemy damage increase as well um this post came out uh before raid testing this week and i have not gone back and looked but we did actually have a retest of one of the bosses uh retested rashok uh with some changes so um you know can't it's not a one-to-one comparison but um actually i could just go pull that up real quickly while we uh while we're here and just look you know is uh did rashok damage go up by 25 percent um because like that would be that's like if it didn't go up by by 20 percent then or 25 percent then like it's more of just buffing players health and that's not as bad right um i am logged into the wrong account <laughs> now i'm almost positive that this included a, a damage buff too. Yeah. I don't know, we're going to see. I wouldn't be surprised to see like all the 10.0 stuff get buffed by that amount just to keep that the same, relatively speaking. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't double check raid damage. But I mean, like, I think it's. I, I understand why they're doing this in terms of like. Uh, like they, the only way to pressure healers at this point is to basically make those sort of like yo-yo type. You're going to take damage. It's almost going to kill you. You need to be healed up and you're going to take another big hit of damage, like in a short amount of time. So that's like testing the healer's reaction time to everything. Um, right. I don't particularly, I, I, sorry, I don't, I don't like that style of healing. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think I don't like it. Either. I th- yeah, I think it's much better if it's like either we, you know, sometimes people use the term rot damage, but it's one of those things where like you live through a mechanic and then you have a breather to heal people up. Meaning like there are some mechanics where you need to be top four going in. Yeah. But once you get through it, like not being topped is okay for a couple seconds before the next thing comes in. There, there's sort of like a a period of time between that. So, um. But yeah, I mean, yeah. along with this change, they also literally changed almost every healing ability for like non-healers or like right. health-based abilities were were sort of, we can say nerfed, but because of the stamina increase, they're basically just kept baseline. So like, for example, like the, um, the chi cocoons from casting Evoke uh, went from 10% of a player's HP to 8% of a player's HP, which essentially is a, a 25% nerf, but it means it's still uh, shielding the um, like the same amount pre and post stamina increase. Yeah. The same like uh, absolute amount, sorry. The, the other thing it, that you see is a lot of player, like non-healer person abilities got buffed, Gift of the Ox got buffed. It's not actually in the patch notes, but it did. Uh, Celestial Fortune got buffed. Um, oh, like all these things, and it's just all in line with the increased increasing HP without increasing healer throughput. Um, but yeah, uh, so interesting thing I have pulled up 
these Rashock vlogs, right? Um, I have one from April 7th here, um, and I have one from April 21st, which is this past Friday. So this is the, the testing way before they did these things. Uh, apologies for the like random junk sort. Um, and so we can look at these abilities and actually see uh, what potentially changed. Um, and it's probably worth, cause like there's, there's, you know, stuff happening throughout the fight. If we look at like the first major like thing where they're in the conduit doing the thing. Um, one of the things that's really interesting here, conduit flare average hit 46 K total damage is like 15.7 million. Ooh, that's the wrong one. Um, I didn't slice exactly the same time frame, but it's close. Uh, conduit flare, like there's fewer hits here, which is weird, but it's actually a very similar amount. Um, it's again the average hit is around forty four k. So like, I'm not exactly sure what to read into this, but if you compare the numbers, right, like the oh. overcharged again forty four k, overcharged thirty seven k. So that one is higher. Uh, charge smash uh but but also there were boss changes right like it's it's hard to make a one-to-one comparison uh charge smash is the jump that he does um and that went from 112k to 231k like that doubled and that's obviously not in line with the health changes yeah uh so i don't know it's uh probably one of the other ones that's interesting to look at is melee attacks um those like if you look at the raw damage uh, that they did to the tank. So that's before mitigation and all of that. It was around uh, 870k after the change. Um, before the change, it was around uh, 700k, we'll say. So that did go up, but, you know, not by 20%, 25%. It's like, it's weird. It's, it's, I don't know. It is strange. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and maybe they just touched like this is another thing because like the the note says all creature spell damage and melee damage increased, right? So That's like it, I didn't see that in the note. Yeah, it's in like I, the, am I just the blind. It's in the it's in like the oh, top. It part is in there. Wow, the, I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and that's why when you say like creature. There's always the application of that in like Blizzard speak of like what is considered a creature. Yeah, so like there's do bosses also, fall under that, or is it just there's also the question of, of whether that like I I think that everything in 10.0 will get a 25% buff to basically exactly match how things were relative to player health pools. I guess my main question is like for next tier content, is it going to be tuned 25% higher, which doesn't do anything about keeping you from getting bursted down? Yeah. It's just like a nerf, a healer nerf at that point, or is it going to be lower, like somewhere in between, maybe a zero percent and a twenty five percent nerf, so that it's less likely to just like yolo one shot someone, right? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's the idea is that like you'll have more health, so like while everything does more damage, you will have more health, so like it only should become an issue as scaling becomes higher in content. I mean, 
if they buff damage and health by exactly the same amount, the only change to the equation is the amount that healers can do. So I guess That's it's true, kind of actually. it kind of it, there's two ways it could go, right? It's either they already had the damage where it was um, bursty, and they if they want to deal with burst, if it was already bursty, then they need to buff health without buffing damage. Right. But the other thing that it could be is that they were looking at it and going like, we need the players to be taking more damage in order to, for healing numbers to make sense and not end up in situations like we did in Eternal Palace where people were like two healing prog bosses. Like, right. you remember the two heal Queen Ajara? Stuff like that. Um, and so if they're like, well, we can't increase damage anymore, basically. Like, if we increase damage anymore, then it will be like very rippy and one-shotting players, but we have to increase the amount of damage taken so that they're is a role for healers to fill yeah then you know they can buff both and it's not going to result in assuming they aren't already bursting people down it's not going to result in people getting bursted down it's just like if they're at that point you realize if we don't do something people are going to be one and two healing fights um speaking of honestly two healed broodkeeper diurna this week yeah i saw that holy shit Guys are guys are crazy over there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get I get the reason for this change. I just don't like mid see like mid expansion changes like this because it they never they never get it right across every healer. And so like the idea is is like now any health based like ability that didn't get sort of adjusted is now just better flat out better. on the upside. Uh, they already went through this with 10.0, so they actually were on top of pretty much all of the tank stuff. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they missed any of the tank stuff. The one thing that was not in the notes was Gift of the Ox, and that did get an actual buff um, in the spell data. So gotcha. uh, it just got missed from the notes, but it did actually get buffed in a way that corresponds. Like it's not, it's a net neutral change, but uh-huh. uh, Gift of the Ox spawns based on like damage taken, right? So if um, you're you would be getting less of them basically uh without a change yeah i know for heal i mean for healers they hit a couple of them but like for mistweaver they didn't hit life cocoon they just hit cheek cocoon which is from our invoke um they didn't touch rewind for evokers which is like a big one right um, rewind is the one that i've heard a lot about the healers in my guild yeah. are not happy about that one like rewind is based on damage taken um yeah. and so it just got even better yeah, got to keep the new class on top, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I ultimately, I mean, they did this for scaling reasons, right? Is is what they said. So, I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, in like the larger sort of scheme of things, we'll say with the raid, but it's not. I don't know. It, it it's just a change you got to deal with at this point, right? It affects everybody. Um, yeah. Maybe not everybody similarly. Right? I don't know about tanks, but like for for yeah. healers, it's not the same impact. But um, everybody's got to play around it. So it's. I would say it doesn't impact tanks like equally because there's differences in the amount of reliance on external healing. You look at something gotcha. like a blood decay that currently doesn't rely too much on external healing. Um, you need some of it, like your your own self-sustain is net negative over time. But you can go quite a while before running out of health. 
Um, right. Yeah. And this change is like they are already not super reliant on external healing, so the drop in external healing is not going to be a problem. Versus something like Brewmaster that has historically been very reliant on external healing. Um, although Brewmaster now is in a much, I would say, healthier place in relation to external healing, where like you look back at BFA and like you needed people to be keeping that stagger healed off of you. Uh, you needed that external healing constantly all the time or you would die in pretty right. short order. And it was very smooth damage, but it would just kill you if you weren't getting healed pretty consistently. Um, Brewmaster has a lot more self-sustain now between Celestial Brew and things like the uh, the Strength of Spirit talent um the different talents that increase the number of the ox orbs that you get um and stronger cooldowns across the board like there's actually a remaster tanks in general got power crept quite a bit which is good because they were awful but you know <laughs> they got they got power crept pretty pretty good and brewmaster uh is no exception so it's I think it still is one of the ones that needs the most external healing attention or like most consistent external healing attention. Um, but it has a much better ability to deal with gaps in that. So like one of the things that would happen uh, kind of pre-Celestial Brew is you would, you would be taking a lot of damage as the tank at the same time as a lot of raid damage was happening. Uh -huh. And that would get you killed because you... We're going to take your entire health bar and damage over a like 12 second period. And in that 12 seconds, zero healers are paying attention to you. And there was nothing you could do really to um, to cope with that in a, in a reasonable way. Uh, versus now, that same scenario, you have Celeste Super on a very low cooldown that can get you through that. You have um, even just one... Uh, Gift of the Ox Orb at low HP does a very substantial chunk of healing uh, and you can very reliably have access to that. So there's, I think it'll be okay. I think that there's going to be a little bit of rich get richer with the tanks so they're good at self-sustaining on their own like Protection Paladin and Blood Decay um, uh. and stuff like Guardian Druid and Vengeance get a little bit worse because they don't. But it's not going to be like make or break. Like if, if Brewmaster were still on the BFA kind of situation where you needed external healing, I would be screaming bloody murder, uh, <laughs> but we're not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, it, uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to probably play with this a little bit more um, once it's live and, and see, but yeah, I mean, they, yeah, to your point, they seem to have gotten most abilities updated with the stamina changes. So now they're, they're similar. Um, to what they were before. Um, so cool. And then, um, I don't know. I think the only other, just the, the final thing was, um, something that confused me. So I wanted to bring it up here, which is the actual like release schedule for okay. 10.1 and how that, how that works. So, um, we had it for 10.0, but actually somebody asked him peak this morning and I told them the wrong thing. So I sort of wanted to Ooh. clear it up here. <laughs> Um, but it was specifically around like uh, Mythic Plus, right? Which was basically the idea that um, how do you handle the next couple of weeks in Mythic Plus, right? So like 
to, to give out dates, um, the, the 10.1 goes live May 2nd, which basically means for season one, all the titles, awards, and things like that for Mythic Plus are finalized uh, on May 1st. So basically, like, sometime at the end of the day on May 1st, they will sort of take a snapshot of where you're sitting from a rating perspective in Mythic Plus, and that'll be how they give out rewards for Mythic Plus. Generally, um, it will be probably during the... They'll do, like, extended maintenance for the patch release, and it'll generally yeah. be that, which will be on the morning of the 2nd, although it might snapshot from before that on the 1st. Uh, also... EU is different, so EU time. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, and then and then um, Taiwanese Korean time, no more China region, but like Taiwanese Korean time is Wednesday. EU times, uh, sorry, Taiwanese Korean is Thursday NA time, but it's like Wednesday their time. And gotcha. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'll be I'll be using time. the NA times and dates for this, but yeah, yeah you yeah. can translate into your region, which that which that means the patch will be live, you know, May second. Uh, that Tuesday for the for for North America, with all of the older dungeons and raids, right? So that's I think the biggest thing is that like you essentially have a dead week uh, between May second and May eighth, our ninth, um, yeah. uh, where like it's the old season one dungeons. You can't increase your rating to affect sort of the rewards you get. Um, and so people are asking, like, what do we need to do in that interim week to set us up for the start of season two? And the idea is basically, you know, in previous expansion or previous sort of uh, seasonal crossovers, there's been a, I think it's been a four key level degradation, right? So like, yeah, for example, if you wanted to ensure you had a level 20 key for the start of season two, you need to complete a level 24 during the first week of 10.1. So the between May 2nd and May Eighth, right for for us NA folks and translate that to the EU and, and Taiwanese uh, or uh, Korean um, regions. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to be the old season one dungeons during that week. Completed twenty four, it means you set yourself up to at least get a level twenty key at the start of season two uh, to push up and, and try and complete. So um, yeah, because of the yeah. change to like because of how the vault works, I. So that, there's two things. The first week of 10.1, you're going to want to do keys for gear. Um, and keys for gear means uh, doing lots of keys, more so than doing specific high keys. So like probably the ideal scenario for a lot of people is to kind of, at least at the, the, at the mythic level, is probably to like suffer through a 120 to get the 120 volts. Like, depending on tuning, the final tuning will have will will say like if you're if you're eye level four twenty right now, um, it may be that twenties are actually okay week one. It's hard to say yet, um, but like yeah. probably want to like suffer through a twenty if you can get it, um, and then otherwise like whatever key level like very much like Diablo style like whatever key level you can clear quickly. Like if you ever go and look at the like Diablo Reddit and people are asking like what what greater rift level shall I do? And it's like, which one can you clear in three minutes or less? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, you know, you do that one because getting more gear from those is better. And you just go as high as you can while still being efficient about it. Cause doing like a two hour, you know, no lever, you only use so many of those in a week, but if you're doing like a 20 minute, like 20 minute keys, you can do, you know, six of them at the same time. Um, exactly. And that's just yeah. like way more loot. Yeah, exactly. So you definitely be efficient. I say that first week, but yeah, in the interim week, I'd say if you if you care about pushing Mythic Plus, particularly into season two, 
get your 24 done. If you're missing any gear, like you could fill out your vault that week. Cause I, I believe your vault the week of the eighth will just be the old loot pool. Yes. It'll um, be season vault. one loot. Yeah. Season one vault. Yeah. Both loot and item level. Um, unless they break something. Um, <laughs> wouldn't be the first happened. time but it's yeah they've it's it feels like they've mostly got that sort of that we haven't had like oops i got new season loot in my vault issues in exactly yeah um so yeah so that is that's sort of uh i guess what i wanted to cover here quickly just because i i basically gave the wrong answer in peak to start with so clear up everything here make sure everybody's on the same page just with me um and then yeah it's uh we're closing in. it's like what one more or i guess it's like one more week till the patch, so so like mm-hmm. we'll have one more ten dot what o dot seven week of stuff, and then yeah, new stuff in ten dot one, new new zone, new I don't know things to do, which we've talked about. So um, yeah, it's exciting. Love new content releases, love new raid release time. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. I got to start working on boss prep, like serious mode boss prep. Yeah, I was uh, I was just. I was actually just going to ping today in my guild to start, uh, at least in healers, because that's who I care about. I don't care about anything else, but um, yeah. start to pull together resources that we have uh, for ourselves. So, Oh, uh, random plug. If you are a Viserio patron, uh, Viserio is healing sheet and raid assignment sheets. He just posted this morning. Uh, the the like, oh. Not final, final versions, but like this is like a ready for raid release version. Um so if you are a patron, you get those today and you can start working with them. If you're not a patron, you can get them next week when he publishes them for everybody. But um, those are an incredibly good resource. If you are not familiar with them and you're rating at the like mythic level, I don't think it's as important for AOTC. You just don't need that kind of assignment complexity for AOTC. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it for doing AOTC. Uh, but if you're like trying to push mythic content, um, it is worth taking the time to go and check out those spreadsheets and figure out the assignments and figure out who's who's supposed to do what jobs and not try and figure it out mid rate. Yep. Yep. No, that's that is uh that is awesome. So um, I'll have to check that out then. So cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I think it's 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 closing in, or it's that time to start thinking about the next raid and. Yeah. Oh gosh, fun times, fun times though. Fun times. Yeah. But that is going to be it for the show today, I think. I think uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other things that we do over at the Pika Serenity and potentially help Anomaly fund a new light bulb. Yeah. You, uh, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Strategy. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to go and bully Anomaly. Yeah, okay, okay. He's always there, always watching, always listening. I am, I am always around, so. The, uh, the peak Opticon, if you will. Um, but that is going to be it for our show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye!